You are tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, bringing the Jackson Hole community residential and commercial food waste composting options. Call 307-733-7678 for more information. The Jackson Hole Historical Society and Museum, connecting people to local history by sharing artifacts and ideas to foster curiosity and continual learning, forge connections, and inform our 21st century dialogue. Learn more at jacksonholehistory.org. Everybody, learning is really something that I've grown to embrace as being an adult. I really didn't put much effort into it as a kid. When I took the SAT and told people my score, they asked, was that your math or English score? I said, no, that was my total. So, you know, we all learn different ways, but I enjoy reading a lot more where I am today in my life. And I'm going to share a quote with you, which helps me begin today's episode. Today's quote is, Modern education is premised strongly on materialistic values. It is vital that when educating our children's brains, that we do not neglect to educate their hearts, a key element of which has to be nurturing of our compassionate nature. And that's from the Dalai Lama. And it talks about when educating our children's brains, but we can educate in our children's hearts But folks, we can educate and continue educating our own hearts. Keep that in mind with what you do each day and how you talk to people. Give a little grace. Be a little grateful. And today on episode number 206, 206 episodes, oh my gosh, I have a conversation with Georgina McNiff, a.k.a. Nurse Georgie. I had such a great time speaking with Nurse Georgie. And shortly after the interview, I did sign up for a treatment myself, a treatment that Nurse Georgie is going to talk about during this interview. And not only did I have a great surprise because I ran into a long friend who I haven't seen in so many years, Boots Knighton, but I also enjoyed the benefits of an energy boost. Who knew? I didn't. Maybe some of you all know about this stuff. But Listen to this interview with Nurse Georgie, and she's going to explain what I'm talking about. And how we invest in the health of our bodies is undervalued. And with some people, it's just not important. Nurse Georgie helps people jumpstart their health with one of her many nutrition programs that she has. I think we can all use some help to better understand what is good nutrition. What should we be putting in our bodies? So much is thrown at us each and every day. And what suffers? What we put in our bodies. So all around health is really important. And fortunately, living here in Jackson Hole, we just don't have some of the negative influences that impact our health, like people who live in other places. And this living here in Jackson Hole is living in the unreal world. And we still have real world problems, along with real health problems. People like Nurse Georgie are helping the folks in our community and beyond live a better balanced life with 
great health. Georgie, thank you for taking some time out of your wild schedule to join me here at the Jackson Hole Connection today. Of course, Stefan. Thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. And in the community, you're known as Nurse Georgie. So just want folks to know that as they're listening, they might know you as Georgie or Nurse Georgie. Yes. Most of my patients call me Nurse Georgie, but Georgie is, is also just fine. Cool. Well, Georgie, could you start off by sharing with us where you were born and raised and how did you land out here in fabulous Jackson Hole, Wyoming? Sure. Well, I was born and raised in New York City and just outside, but I spent summers with extended family and going to camp and things like that in the Midwest, in way, way, way up in the north woods of Wisconsin, near the boundary waters of Canada. And so I had a lot of exposure to camping and canoeing and horseback riding and being outside in nature. And as I, you know, kind of became an adult, I always just felt like something was missing from my life. And loved going up to the North Woods and, and spending time there. And, you know, when COVID hit, uh, I had gotten divorced just a year before. And so I didn't really have to have to be anywhere geographically. I kind of had this like open, open space in my life where I could really do anything. And everyone was, was leaving New York, mostly for Miami. <laughs> and, you know, I had been out skiing in Jackson Hole, before with girlfriends and I knew it was a place that I loved and I just felt like it was it was the right time to move and uh, start my business and kind of like set down roots in a place that I knew I would be happier in terms of having like that outdoor access that I loved growing up. And hence you landed here in Jackson Hole. Exactly. Hence I landed here. <laughs> and you said to bring your business here. What is your business? Yeah, so I I do custom nutrition plans, wellness plans, really. I integrate movement and fitness, diet, supplements. I have one product that has, is, has been very popular in Jackson. It's a it's a twenty one day it's a twenty one day health jumpstart where you know we do tests, we look at blood labs, we look at urinary metabolite, we interview with the patient, and then we structure out like a 21-day health jumpstart for them. And so that's been that's been kind of my most popular thing. And I've been doing, you know, this same, this same thing for almost 10 years. But now, you know, my physical location is in Jackson. We we layer on IV therapy. Everything's kind of like customized based on what the client needs. Nothing's really off of a menu. And yeah, that's that's what I do. I, I have so many questions after that. But to start, what is your nursing certification out of, out of curiosity? Sure. So I am a RN, registered nurse, and then I am a certified nutritionist. On top of that, I have an additional bachelor's of health sciences and then I have the nursing degree. So I always joke that I'm the least most educated person because I have seven years of college, but only a bachelor's 
only a bachelor's level degree. And then on top of that, I have a lot of other certifications in different types of like hormonal analysis and, you know, resolution through nutrition. My favorite certification is called biosignature. Biosignature looks at the way body fat distribution happens in the body and kind of connects it to different types of things that might be happening in the endocrine system. So that that is a pretty cool one that I that I like to use pretty much an everyday practice. And then I have over 500 hours of yoga teaching certifications and I'm a personal trainer. I have that certification as well. I don't really use the yoga or the personal training anymore. I only use my RN licensure and my nutrition certification pretty much, but I definitely think that having that background in movement has been really helpful, you know, for my patients. Interesting that this community at least appears to be a very active, healthy community. I'm curious about what you're doing and what is the the demand for what you're doing here in Jackson? And, and I guess you're probably also doing it remotely as well. Sure. Let's see. So I, I have continued on with remote work just to, you know, be be around for my clients on the East Coast. So I do two days a week of remote work and then I have two office days a week. I'm in the medical suite of Kilter and that's at the Jackson Hole Indoor Sports Facility, the new indoor sports facility. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't want to like, I don't want to like toot my own horn. The practice is busy and the practice has grown so much in the past two years since I started it. I've just hired an, a, a nurse to help me with IV therapy overflow because I'm not able to do it all on my own. I've hired an EMT who also works for the fire department here in Jackson and she's doing phlebotomy, like she's doing blood draws for my patients because we offer in-home blood draw services. So you don't have to go to the doctors or the hospital. If, if you don't want to, we can just come get the blood and bring it to the hospital for your doctor. So we're adding new services. We're growing. I don't have any other jobs. This isn't like, you know, something I do on the side or, you know, I don't have anything else that's supplementing my income. Like this is my, this is my thing. And it's working out really well here in Jackson. The community is healthier, is definitely healthy. The community is healthier than New York City, for sure. There's so much less stress. Like we have these great outlets where we have access to the outdoors, like like from our from our back doorstep, basically. And I think that that does make for like a, a population that is a little happier and a little less stressed. And just me personally, and I don't know if any you know medical you know medical personnel could corroborate. But it seems like people heal more quickly here than in New York City. And it just has to be a function of cleaner air, you know, more sunshine, more outdoor time, less stress, maybe better sleep, less chemicals and pollutants in the atmosphere. So I, I just I think it's a really great place like for, you know, for me and my business and, you know, people in general. <laughs> so being a healthier community, but you still see a demand for what you what you referenced about the 21 day health jumpstart so who are the ideal clients that would participate in in such a program 
Definitely. Well, I think much like New York City, Jackson Hole people, we are competitive and like everyone wants to like get out there and, and do everything. And it's it's tempting because, you know, you have these huge reminders right in front of you of all the fun stuff that you could be doing, hiking, paragliding, horseback riding. It's all right in front of you. And so I, I would say my clients are 50% to 60% of my clients are healthy probably like in the top 10% of health, but they want to maintain longevity. They want to maintain their muscle mass as they age. They want to optimize their sleep. They want to make sure like, you know, their macros are in the right place for their body composition and performance goals. I have about 10% of a 10% of an athletic population here in Jackson. So um, athletes who are competing on the mountain, but also athletes who are competing at the collegiate level and even the Olympic level. And then I would say the remaining percentage of clients are clients who have pretty serious medical disorders. And in those cases, I'm really working with the client and their physician in terms of their nutrition. So I see a lot of, you know, dysregulated cholesterol, hyperlipidemia, a lot of PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, starting to get a lot of Lyme and tick-borne illness because I'm from the East Coast and, and we do a lot of that out there. And frankly, there's not enough tick-borne illness care out here. And so that's becoming pretty popular. And then a little bit of a little bit of nutrition for cancer as well. That would be my explanation of the breakdown. And I appreciate and value how you said that, you know, for healthy clients, even though somebody's healthy, there's still opportunities for that longevity side of things. And and especially if somebody's looking to have a certain level of performance. You mentioned PCOS. I've never heard of that before. Well, PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it's a collection of symptoms that we're beginning to see in younger and younger and younger women. And it can lead to some serious problems, a lot of pain and infertility. And that is, that's something that, you know, it, it honestly wasn't a thing like 10 years ago when I got into this field. We, it wasn't a commonly used term. Now, I mean, half of my patients like under 30 have been diagnosed with, you know, some time of some type of, of PCOS. So, you know, you're looking for, does your patient have a history of cysts on their ovaries? Does your patient have blood sugar dysregulation and insulin dysregulation? Does your patient have any of the physical symptoms like inability to lose weight or sometimes there's abnormal hair growth? And then, you know, you look at hormones as well and there's certain hormonal patterns that you're looking at in blood. And obviously, you know, it's a doctor diagnosing and confirming the diagnosis of PCOS, but then it's my job to, to jump in and help help support the patient in a, in a dietary fashion and, and with nutrition. So a little bit of a little bit of PCOS background for you. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I, I hadn't heard of before. And it, I mean, granted, I'm a guy, so it's not in the fellow conversation, but you certainly hear <laughs> you, you hear about things. Right. And that's I was very curious to know what it was. So now I have more information and a better understanding of of what that is. And I, I appreciate you sharing it. <laughs> And who knows, maybe a listener yeah, might think course. that they have that and it's something that they need to consider. Yeah, it's again, it, it wasn't really something that like took took front and center on stage 10 years ago, but it is now and we don't really know 
why we're seeing such prep, you know, there's definitely a lot of theories floating around out there. You know, our environment has changed. Like there's a lot more chemicals in our environment. Like there's different stuff in our food we didn't have 10 years ago, stress levels, you know, sleep. So kind of like um, most most people attribute it to like in environmental factors. So, so yeah, but it's it's definitely something that we're still learning about. And are there other illnesses that you didn't see maybe 10 years ago that you're now seeing and helping treat now? Let me think. You know, I can't remember seeing as much blood sugar, as many blood sugar issues. Like I really, I really can't. But now, now I am seeing a lot of patients, you know, in their 40s and 50s who, you know, like I'm meeting with them and their doctor's like, hey, if you can't get your A1C down or your fasting insulin down, you're looking at having to take like oral anti-diabetic medication or doing things like that. So I would say like diabetes and kind of like borderline diabetes would be would be one thing that I don't really remember seeing that much of 10 years ago at all. So that would, that would be the other thing. Yeah, we don't move as much as we used to. No, definitely the, not. As a society. Yeah. My grandparents used to cook their food and using salt pork and I mean, the vegetables were cooked to where they were limp. I mean, they probably had no nutritional value. They tasted great, but those two people were healthy. They moved. <laughs> yeah. My grandmother at 90 years old would still walk, you know, several blocks to town to get her hair done on a particular day. My grandmother still, who's 86, still walks to town every day. And she has no health problems at all. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what a little walk will do for us, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. Georgie, tell me more about, you mentioned IV treatment, IV therapy. You know, I'm a pretty healthy guy. I get blood work done and they're like, no problem drawing blood. The cholesterol is stellar. My blood pressure, if, if my blood pressure is off, it's more of take it again because it's an, anom <laughs> an anomaly type of thing. <laughs> than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think the best thing about like IV therapy is that anyone, anyone could use a little bit of a boost. Like if you're going to go on a long hike or after a long hike, it's not a bad idea to just, you know, get some electrolytes or fluid replenishment. If you've been sick or had a cold or had COVID, again, not a bad idea to get a little boost of vitamin C. Like we know that during viral and bacterial infections, we we see the body's requirements of vitamin C. And so I always tell people like if you've been sick with viral or cold or, you know, COVID or whatever, not a bad idea to get a little extra boost of vitamin C because your tissues will will soak that up. And then in terms of like antioxidant therapy, my glutathione IVs are really popular. And glutathione is a molecule that we make in our body. It's called a master antioxidant. And it's really good at grabbing free radicals and things that cause oxidative damage in our body and rendering them neutral. And so, you know, if you're under a lot of stress or you work out a lot or, you know, you, again, you've had, you've had, you've gotten sick recently. The antioxidant therapy makes people feel like really good. It's really nice to help promote like, you know, great, great skin. And then of course there's like energy IVs and energy IVs are great if you're just feeling like a little sluggish, like you've had a big week or, you know, a big month and you just want to put a little bit of pet back into your step. And those usually have like B vitamins and B12 and things, things like that. So I think, you know, the, the, there's also altitude sickness IVs, like anti-nausea IVs. It's really just like 
I always, I always kind of think about it like this. If you're sick and your immune system's like run down, you can take vitamin C every day. You can watch your sleep. You can, you can hydrate. You can do all those things. But all those things, like you might still take a week or two to get back to your very normal self after you've been sick. Same thing if you just ran a marathon. Like you, it might take you a week or two to get back to your great old normal self. But you can use IV therapy to support the system and like bolster yourself so that you're back to your baseline faster. So yeah, that's usually how I explain it. I had no idea. Georgie, we got to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors, but then we're sure. going to go back because I have several more questions about IV therapy. That sounds great. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov recycle and join today. The Jackson Hole Historical Society and Museum, where we envision a community brought together, enriched, and strengthened by connections to the history and legacy of Jackson Hole. Currently featuring a special exhibit pioneer photographer, William Henry Jackson, presented with the National Park Service. Visit us at 225 North Cash Street in Jackson to see reproductions of some of the first photos of Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons taken 150 years ago. Learn more online at jacksonholehistory.org. Nurse Georgie, welcome back. We just had a little break. And before the break, I asked about IV therapy and you started talking about it. And I've, I think I've heard of it before, but I've never considered it. And I'm very, very curious, is this a prescription item or, or is it just like having a liquid form of quality vitamins, antioxidants in your body that's going to go more direct to your bloodstream? Got it. So, you know, the laws vary by state. You can definitely get medication put into an IV. And some of the IV ingredients like do require a prescription from a doctor. But most of the IVs that we do at my office are just basic like vitamins and hydration. And so they don't require like a visit, a physical in-person visit with the doctor. The doctor just needs to basically be given information that indicates that the patient's vital signs are within normal range and that they're healthy enough to have fluid and nutrients administered. So, you know, you, you couldn't, like if I had someone who was extremely hypertensive, I couldn't give them fluid, even though that'd probably be the best thing for them. I would have to make sure that they met with a physician first. And it could be my 
physician on staff, or it could be their own doctor. And then that doctor would submit the particular orders. Same thing like with cancer. If I'm working with a cancer patient or someone who's like critically ill or chronically ill, I always just check in with their doctor or the patient can meet with my medical director and we just like make sure that all the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted before we go ahead and administer fluid. Again, even though it's probably 99.9% of the time going to help them so much, we just want to be safe. But just the kind of, you know, your regular everyday average person who's already very healthy, who has vital signs within normal range. You don't have to have a physician's visit. It is all under a doctor's orders, though, technically. So that's another important part. And that's why I partner with physicians who are here and licensed in the state of Wyoming. And what's the staying power of receiving an, an IV therapy? Let's say somebody has low energy. They feel that they have low energy. They eat well, exercise, but want to receive a boost of B vitamins that you just described. What's the process of so, and how long does it last? Sure. So, you know, an IV takes anywhere from 15 minutes to about an hour and a half, depending on, you know, how much nutrition you're giving, how much fluid you're giving, you know, how well the patient tolerates the fluid. Some patients are really sensitive and they don't like the feeling of a lot of fluid going into their system quickly. And so you run the IV very slowly, but then other patients, you know, they're dehydrated and they've been out drinking all weekend. They want all that fluid really fast. So you give them, it takes only 15 minutes, but I would say for the most part, like the effects of the IV last a few weeks, as long as the patient is healthy. If the patient is completely depleted, like if you have a long COVID patient, you might need to give like a series of like one IV a week, every week for three to four weeks to get them back to feeling better. Or, you know, if someone's super, super, super dehydrated, like they might benefit from a few IVs you know, one every day for three days, and then they're back to baseline. So it just depends on like where your patient is in terms of their health at that moment, and then what the goal is. And that can determine the frequency at which you're administering the IVs. And it also determines like how well your patient's body kind of like holds the, the therapy and how long they hold it for. Interesting. And yeah. in, in the world, there's different quality of products. You get different quality of a shirt versus shoes, different, you know, you get what you pay for. And there's a lot of medication where we should say vitamins that are not necessarily regulated, but you can get better quality medications out there. Is, are there some concerns out there for people listening that they should be aware of, buyer beware of the quality of the vitamins and antioxidants that you're going to, that a nurse such as yourself or a business such as yourself would be putting in somebody's body? Definitely. You know, I use specialty ingredients from pharmacies that are following FDA standards and guidelines. And these compounding pharmacies, you know, only use preservative-free vitamins. I'm huge on preservative-free because it's like, well, you're coming into me for, you know, you're sick. You're coming into me for vitamin C, right? And then like a lot of these, a lot of the companies put tons of preservatives in the IV therapy just so that the bottles don't have to be refrigerated. Just so that like we as medical providers don't have to go through the inconvenience of refrigerating our vitamins. Now, now that's fine. And in some circumstances, 
that makes sense, right? Like you don't have a refrigerator, like and you have to administer a medication like in a third world country, right? You want shelf life stability in certain circumstances so that your products can like withstand heat. And to do that, we use preservatives. But in Jackson Hole, where I can have, you know, a mini fridge in my car and obviously at my office as well and keep my vitamins temperature stable to a point where they don't need to have preservatives in that well, I think that's the best thing for my patient. You know, we know that a lot of these preservatives aren't aren't good for us. They've even had IV medications or an IV nutrients recalled or like we've got memos. I haven't used any of these, but I've got memos from the company that say, hey, we're not using this IV therapy nutrient anymore in IV therapy because like the FDA has deemed the preservative uh, count is too high. And I'm like, well, gosh, thank God I wasn't using that on my patient base for the past three years. So anyways, we have to really check the expiration dates. You know, we have to be mindful of our ordering. But it, it, it just comes down to kind of like safety and efficacy. And, and I really think that, you know, going preservative free is a little bit tougher, a little bit more work. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's worth it in terms of just making sure that I'm not toxifying my patient's body with a bunch of crap, pardon my French, as I'm trying to, as I'm trying to get them better at the same time. So I think that that's kind of like one of the, one of the things that sets me apart a bit from other companies who are, are doing a lot of volume, like they're doing a lot of volume. They have a ton of employees. Like it makes sense for them to use ingredients with preservatives, but you know, I'm a smaller shop and I'm kind of more in the concierge medicine bucket. So I don't have high, high, high patient volume. So I have the, I have the luxury of doing things just a little bit, a little bit different. So I think that works with my model best. And, and nurse Georgie, Help guide some people that might not be here in Jackson who might be interested in some sort of IV therapy in what we're talking about here. Yeah. How, I love- how do, can you help them be buyer beware? Sure. So I would always ask for a list of ingredients in the IV because sometimes what I've seen on the internet is like hydration bag, like beauty bag, athlete's bag, but then they're not putting the ingredients on the website. You're like, well, you know, you're not going to go to the store and buy a box of cereal if it doesn't have a nutrition label on it, right? Like that would be a little sketchy at this point in our lives just because we're supposed to have this information available and accessible to us. So I think definitely like buyer beware if they can't tell you what's in the IV or the amounts that are in the IV. And that's really kind of like the primary thing that you want to be on the lookout for. Like, like, hey, what are you putting in my body? Because I have a lot of patients who they trust me and I'll administer them an IV. I always just tell them what I'm giving them because they should know. And I think that I've definitely gotten IVs myself, you know, when I'm on vacation or if a friend is giving me one, I have a couple of friends who also do similar to what I do. And I'm always asking them, well, hey, what are you, what are you giving me? And then you should always also ask what to expect because you know, sometimes you might get an energy increase or sometimes you might get like desirable skin changes if you do an antioxidant IV. Sometimes your pee might smell funny, but it's always nice to ask your IV therapist like, hey, what can I expect after this IV? Because the way in which they're going to answer that question is going to be a really great telltale sign of like their knowledge of the therapy. And you just want someone to know what they're doing when they're administering an IV to you. (laughs) 
Those are good questions. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And, and and I know that you do more than IV therapy here. There's a lot more, but I kind of just zeroed into it. It just piqued my interest and I'm the guy asking the question. So I got to ask. No, I think that's great. And if, if you, if you would like to try an IV, just email me and we'll, we'll get something set up for you. If you haven't already before, even. Yeah, if I've, I've never done it before. I, I would be interested to learn. Does insurance Let's cover this type of treatment? Insurance does not cover anything that has to do with nutrition. It's such a bummer. I mean, if you're like in the hospital and like, you know, they want you to meet with a nutritionist, it'll be covered. But otherwise, insurance doesn't cover any nutritional services. I hope that changes. Sometimes I've seen insurance companies cover basic fluid administration for a cancer patient who's undergoing chemotherapy, who is nauseous and can't drink water. That's about, unfortunately, as much as I've seen covered. So the IVs are about an hour long. They run anywhere from like $149 up to like $600 if you're kind of, you know, getting like getting crazy. So for a lot of people like my, my clients, like they'll do a monthly IV for, you know, $250 and just kind of like give their systems a boost or, or they only surface if they're not feeling well and they want to kind of bolster their system, like, because they have some type of infection. It is disappointing that insurance doesn't cover nutritional services. I just finished a book called Upstream. I don't know if you've ever read that. No, not yet. And it talks about this gentleman who is working for essentially the, the department that runs Medicare and Medicaid. And they wanted to implement something to help people who were pre-diabetic. Just, you know, exercise two and a half hours a week and just do some certain things. But then they had to go present the information of what they were doing to the actuary. And initially, the actuary said, nope, we can't do this. And the reason being was it was going to prolong life. What? Yeah. Now, it changed because this one actuary left and said, we should be here for the same reason that the doctors are, which is to preserve life. Yes. It's not about saving money. And if it doesn't make, in that case, then the department should have been saying, hey, chain smoke and, you know, eat all the bad food that you want. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, exactly. So it, it was just that upstream model that people came up with something. And then you had this one segment to the organization that said, nah, you can't do this because it's going to cost us more in the long run. <laughs> and there's, there's, I've heard, unfortunately, so many stories like that over the years, like, you know, and especially in like the commercial seed oil industry, like with Monsanto and, you know, spraying glyphosate on crops and like, you know, they've known forever that it glyphosate causes tons and tons and tons of cancer in rat models that they're like, oh, well, like maybe it's different in humans. We don't have the research in humans. And it's like, no, if, if there's a chemical that's causing like mass tumors in entire populations of mice that we're exposed to every day, like this is a problem. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting, like the interplay of the healthcare system with the, with, with like the food industry and like the, and the medical industry in the United States, you know, it's, there's, I, there's obviously just so much money in it. And it's at the end of the day, it, it, it's not always, well, what's, what's best for my patient? What's best, you know, for my consumer? Yeah. And do you do home visits just 
And and if you do, what type of home visits do you do you help people with? I do do home visits. I am moving away from them uh, myself uh-huh. just a little bit, just so that I can be in the office more. Like if I do home visits, I can only see four or five patients a day. Whereas if I'm in the office, I, I can see, you know, 10 plus. So it's nice to like not have long wait times for people to get in to see me. And if I'm only doing in-homes and I get a new patient, it could be like weeks before I get to see them. But if I'm prioritizing office time, then I can just, I can get more people in more quickly. But I, I do do home visits for like my private patients who enroll in like my concierge program. So that just means they're signing up with me for a year and then I give them a discount on supplements. We do a monthly wellness check-in and I'll come to their home personally for IVs and stuff like that. And then most people are happy to come into the office. If I have a patient who's sick, I'm always happy to like go to their house and give them an IV at their house. I don't want anyone coming into the office like when they feel terrible. So I'll, I'll, I, I kind of split it up a little bit, but I'm moving a little bit more towards the office. And then I have employees who do in-home stuff for me as well. Okay. All right. And I'm curious from your personal experience, how has moving from living in New York City to moving to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, how has that helped your health? Oh my gosh. Well, it's interesting. So I actually was bit by a tick last July and I got very, very, very like beyond sick. And I've never been so sick in my life. I wasn't walking for a little while. Like it was pretty scary. And it was such a bummer because when I, I'd already been here, you know, about a year and I just like was sleeping better when I would FaceTime with my mom. Like my mom would just notice that I had like a glow. I'm so much less stressed. I think that's the primary thing that I have to say. Like I'm so much less stressed that like I just remember driving around in New York City and like honking people, honking at people. Like I don't, I don't use my horn anymore at all. Mm. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I honked the horn on my car. I really can't. And I just remember always being kind of in this like constant state of fight or flight in New York City, like, because there's so many cars, so much traffic, there's so many people, your schedule is packed to the brim. And I think that would have to be like my, my biggest health change is that my, my stress level has come down substantially. And then, you know, after kind of getting, clearing the Lyme disease and recovering fully from that, I would say that we have asked a lot better I mean, never hiked so much in my life. So, so that's been, that's been great as well. I, I love it. And <laughs> you just touched on, on something and, and I don't know if I'll get the words this, the same, but it was about having a pack schedule going from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And what does that do to, to someone when they really don't allow themselves to have some downtime? Well, when you're constantly in go mode, you're constantly stressing your adrenal glands, right? And our adrenal glands are really good at their jobs. Like they're, they're able to handle a lot of stress, right? They're able to handle like pushes, but they're not able to handle tons and tons and tons of stress over extended periods of time. And so if you're a person who is just like never giving yourself a rest, and you're constantly in fight or flight, and you're constantly like pumping out cortisol, 
it can really affect the way that your body and the cells of your body produce energy. And it can lead to like chronic fatigue, exhaustion, definitely weight gain, high cortisol over a long period of time can lead to weight gain. It can lead to insulin resistance and diabetes. I remember I had an undercover narcotics officer as a patient back east and uh, he worked in Bridgeport. And Bridgeport, Connecticut is a really very, it's like a, a crime riddled place. And he had a great diet, man. He had a great diet. I was looking at it and I was like, gosh, like your his diet's perfect. And, and, uh, you know, just taking like vitamins and he was doing all this stuff, but like, he was just so, so stressed at his job. His mm. blood sugar was, his blood sugars were sky high all the time. He was borderline diabetic and he was eating like, you know, like avocado and eggs and chicken and tons of vegetables and, you know, a, a good plant-based diet with some animal protein in there. And, and I just looked at, I, it was, it was shocking to see like what, what, how this stressful job was, was affecting his health. So it's like, even if you're doing everything right with your exercise and, you know, your, your nutrition, if your mental state isn't there, that can affect your health so, so much. Mm. It's also connected, isn't it? So connected, like <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Only if we would listen. <laughs> Well, you know, that's why I just try to like get outside like 40 minutes a day, like on the weekdays and then like on the weekends, I'm like really, really out, you know, in nature, trying to spend a few hours every day in nature. Good for you. Good for you. I'm, I'm, I'm very joyful to hear that moving here has gotten you outdoors more and has helped improve your health because I, I think anywhere anybody lives, they can be in the outdoors and, and they can get out and move. But if you're going to be here, you might as well get out there and enjoy it a little bit. I agree with you. I definitely agree. So Georgie, we, we got to wrap this sucker up. So I would like for you to share with people, how can they connect with you? Because I think you brought up a lot of insightful information. I had no idea about what type of world was out there of what you're doing. So how can people connect to you and, and, and learn from you? Yeah, definitely. The best way for people to connect with us would be through our website, which is nursegeorgiehealth.com. And we have like all of our services on there, um, our phone numbers on there, and also on Instagram. I'm really active on Instagram. I love posting a lot of health information. I try to do like a lot of reels that I think are going to you know, give my, give my audience some like, like tangible health actions that they can put into practice the very next day. So I'm a nurse Georgie health on Instagram. And then my website is nursegeorgiehealth.com. So very, very easy. And I also started this thing two years ago where for new patients, I do 10 minute meet and greet calls just so I can like catch their vibe and speak with them and understand what's going on with them. And make a decision of, you know, if I can help them. So I love doing the 10 minute free meet and greet calls for people just so we can like have some interaction right off the bat. I think not enough providers do that. And I feel lucky that I can do that just because, you know, my, my model is I only take on a specific amount of patients. So I'm never like too overwhelmed to, to talk to someone and see if I can help them with their health before they sign up with a plan for a plan. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Stefan. You're, you're welcome. And I, I look forward 
to meeting you out and about in the community now that you know we know each other we've met each other and it's a small place and we'll get some coffee someday i would love that we'll give you an iv too i'll send you an email (laughs) all right sounds good well Well, thanks so much for having me you're welcome i'll let you get back to your your day and make people's lives a little bit better and (laughs) thank you for sharing this insightful information georgie i appreciate it thank you stefan i'll talk to you soon bye Bye bye-bye to learn more about Nurse Georgie, visit the Jackson Hole Connection.com, episode number 206. And thank you, everybody, who helps keep this podcast going. Michael Morey has his podcast coming out very soon. And if you want to start a podcast, you can reach out to Michael. He's helped me with every single one of these episodes. He does the editing and the directing for me and the marketing. And of course, to my boys, Lewis and William, and my wife, Laura. Lewis turns nine tomorrow. It's be very, very soon. So special. School's in. School's back. You all enjoy your days. Give those kids hugs or spouses, significant others, whosoever's important in your life. Give people hugs. Tell them you are grateful for them and why you are grateful. I really appreciate you sharing your time with me today. I'm grateful for you listening, tuning in, sharing this information with other people. And cheers till next week when I see you right back here for another episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.